Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Okay, we're here. I'll show you. Dude, this is a national ballpark museum. They've got displays about all the great old ballparks, not old ball players. And I do mean old. Hey, that's not what I heard. I heard they got a display that features the first homegrown color Rocky. That would be me. Okay, look, there's Bruce Hellerstein over there. He owns the place. Let's go ask him. Hey, that's fine with me. Hi, Bruce. How's it going? Manny, Mark, good to see you guys. Come on in. Hey, Bruce, Manny here doesn't believe me. He doesn't believe you've got a Mark Knudsen display here at your museum. Well, he's sort of right. Right over here, we've got a display all about the Denver Zephyrs. I'm pretty sure Mark's Zephyrs baseball card is in there somewhere. Oh, his minor league card. I got you. Hey, it's something, right? If you say so. So, you two just come down here to see the displays? Actually, we're getting ready to do our podcast. Oh, wow. That's great. I had no idea they let you back on the air, Mark. What's your show called? It's the Park Adjusted Rockies Podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Mark Knudsen and Manny Randawa. Give me a Knudsen. Knudsen! Thank you. Opening day is here, and the Colorado Rockies rebuilding roster features a lot of retreads. Only two newbies will be in the starting lineup, making this a confusing time at 20th and Blake. The veterans will get the first shot, with the youngsters biding their time, it appears. This week, we're joined once again by Drew Creaseman from Mile High Sports to go over the 2023 roster and what it means for this season and beyond. Lots of great info for you to get ready for the start of a new season. That's coming up next on the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast. We're back right after this. The place to catch all the big game action is at Stoney's Bar and Grill, now with four great locations, including Winter Park and the original at 11th and Lincoln. Great food, great service, and unrivaled game day atmosphere. There's no better place to watch your favorite teams in action. To find out more, check out stoneysbarandgrill.com. Well, opening day is upon us, Manny. A couple, couple days away, the Rockies will be in San Diego. Last few days of spring training, and that means it's the last cut-down time. It's the time that um, the guys who are on the bubble either find out if they made the squad or didn't. Well, the Colorado Rockies, I think it's kind of peculiar, I guess is the best way I can describe it. And our guest, the Drew Rockies, Kreisman, peculiar? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No. Our guest, Drew Kreisman from Mile High Sports, has written on the subject as well, as, as I have, as we all have. Um, I'll start with this, Drew. You wrote a piece in Mile High Sports about Montero and the fact that Mustakas, who, who you rightly point out, has earned a roster spot. I mean, you and I were at the game in, against Milwaukee the other day and he hit that moonshot off the foul pole. Yeah. He's earned a spot, no question about it. But my point, my, in a bigger scope, and you, you pointed this out too, is it counterproductive? I mean, when does a rebuild become a when? How can a rebuild be a rebuild if you're rebuilding with retreads? Is my point. Yeah, no, yeah, no. It's a fair question. And look, I, I think actually this was the right move if they play it right. And I heard from Buddy yesterday morning that they're going to run with Montero at third base. He's, he said, you know, he's going to be our starting third baseman. Okay. Uh, so if they do that right, you know, I, I think they've got an opportunity here because Nolan Jones has yeah. a really interesting profile, but you can't take that guy to the bigs. It's maybe the worst qualified hitter in spring training. Uh, so you, you can't do that. Uh, Montero, I think, is going to get his opportunities. But, you know, I think there's a, a way in which Moustakis, you know, there's the things they would tell you about his clubhouse presence and, you know, his ability yep. to teach and do this, that, or the other. But I do think we've also got to leave open the possibility that Bill Schmidt might be his own man and might, if Moustakis, who looks like he, he might have a little bit of yep. renaissance in him, he, he hits well at Coors Field with his career, like 16% strikeout rate not out of the question you flip him at the deadline 
or you extend him if you really do think he could be the next veteran guy around for a little while. But I think there's a couple scenarios in which Moustakis works out well, as long as he doesn't block Elavis Montero. But other guys, Manny, um, they got a couple outfielders now, uh, Jerkson Profar and uh, obviously Chris Bryant and, and now this uh, Castro who are taking up rosters, but Michael Togley is going back to the minors. I just, yeah, I understand um, that he strikes out too much. I understand all that, but come on, if the guy's going to make it, he's not going to make it going back to AAA. Yeah. And, and first of all, Drew, kudos on the Renaissance. Yeah. The pronunciation like too. because <laughs> Thomas Harding is, is proud right now. He hasn't even heard it yet, but he's proud. So that. Uh, that was cool. Um, I think this is a um, one, one of the things here is that, the Rockies could potentially have a couple of trade pieces, particularly uh, Mustakis, at the deadline, like True said. And I think that that's smart. I mean, why not? If you're going to – I think the original uh, rationale was, what are we going to do? We have to have somebody who can play at the major league level at third base or at uh, uh, one of the corner yeah. spots because you got to move McMahon over to second. You need another infielder that can play. And um, at some point, you have to think about, are we fielding a major league team? And I think with Moustakis, that's what it was. And now suddenly, you know, they should be sending gift baskets out to California to Marlon Bird and his, and uh, Bird's high school coach, who apparently, uh, you know, I, I didn't – it was unbeknownst to me but before Moustakis, but he apparently got Justin Turner back on track. And we're not on back on track. He, he turned Justin Turner into a monster. Yeah. And uh, and he, it's so far, I mean, tiny sample, but I mean, Moustakis is ripping the baseball. He's hitting the ball hard. Um, had a great spring. We'll see how long that lasts, or if it if it's something that's going to sustain. But I think that uh, I think that's one. Those are the, that that those are the two main reasons. One is you need a major league team to be out there. You need a team that can play to fourth place. You know, <laughs> I mean, you got to have that. So you but put Moustakis yeah, out there, and and totally. Yeah, point, I mean, though. you know, he he was he was. You know, he was hit. It seemed like he might make a run there. The week I was there, he hit three, two or three homers. And then he, um, I, I think it was looking like maybe he'd make it, make a run at, but I mean, Harold Castro, if a guy's hitting 400 in spring, you know, you're going to play him, um, especially at Coors Field. This type of guy could thrive at Coors Field. He's not going to slow guys, much. But guys, wait, 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 though. Wait. Harold Castro was let go by a Detroit team that's rebuilding. I mean, no, I see what you're saying. Can't but here, rebuild here's the with retreads. You're, you're getting, you're, yeah, you're giving but, the illusion that you're trying to yeah. contend this year. Well, and, that's and the we thing, all know it doesn't matter with always, or without Harold Castro, with or without Mike Mustakas, with or without Profar, they're going to finish last. Agreed. But here's the thing: there's for Bud Black and the Colorado Rockies. There's a level of, I mean, a a bare bones level of play that they will not look. Yeah. You'll I, hear I might Bud do it different. Talk about the I might, integrity I, of the game, right? The yeah, integrity I might do of the differently. competition. Yeah. I might do it differently. I might really, you know, as far as, you know, opening day and the opening day roster, I might do it differently with maybe, maybe leaning more toward what you're saying, Mark, but I can see why the Rockies do this. Cause this is the Rockies. This is how they, this is how they operate. They, they're always kind of on the um, public. The public face is we want to compete. Um, but I think now they're just not saying the quiet. They're they're just not right. saying the quiet part out loud, right. which is at least that's good because at least they I think internally understand what they really are and where they are where they I, are what they need to see what they need to do. But I they can't shake that, that whole public base of 
hey, we're paying competitive baseball. Come out to yeah. the ballpark and watch these right. guys. We're not tanking. We're never going to tank. I get that. But they're not – I don't know if they believe that – I don't know what they believe. I mean, honestly, so, though, because so... I think they, they need – a rebuild's a rebuild. At least it should be. And you're not rebuilding. But that's the thing. You're, and you're answering your own in. question there, Mark. I'll, I'll use a, a Bill Schmidt line on you. Mm -hmm. I think you're answering your own question there, Mark, because uh, <laughs> th this is a – this is a this is a situation where the Rockies will never use the R word, and therefore, why are they playing guys who shouldn't who they should be uh, moving out of the way so younger players can play because they don't use the R word? But let's let, let's get very specific though about the, there's really in my mind, and and I did a whole thing. I didn't love the Jerkson Profar acquisition precisely because I am a big fan of Michael Tolia, and and I think he should be given the opportunities. In my estimation, that's the only young player who really is right on that cusp who I'd love to see getting time who's not going to get it. That's Ezekiel Tovar. I mean, that's really the only guy who's kind of right there. Right. Ezekiel Tovar is a 21-year-old rookie you're going to have in there as your everyday shortstop, day right. one for the foreseeable future. But he's he just one. told us, you know, Montero is going to be in there at third. Uh, I think there are going to be plenty of young guys who are going to get their chances both in the bullpen and in the rotation throughout the year. I'm frustrated by the Tolia thing too. I sat with Bud Black this morning and he basically made it clear that like, like he's just swinging and missing too much. They want him to work on some things they feel like, you know, and, and he didn't declare one way or the other here, but it does seem likely to me that they'd like him to get the reps in at AAA and work on some things mechanically and get a little less swing and miss in the game before they throw him out there against the last night. He was against Shane Bieber and look, Shane Bieber threw 36 uh, on Bieber hitable sliders last really night. Yeah. Uh, and several of them were to poor Michael Tolia, who was just striking out all over the place. But that's the level when, when you want to go to the bigs, those are the guys you got to figure out how to at least compete against the three pitch strikeout it is rough. You know, yep. and and so I, I'm frustrated by the Tolia thing. But on the, does it really mean the Rockies aren't philosophically going the right way because they made that decision on the one guy that I disagree with? Maybe I they would are far to, to that point, Drew. They are far much farther along than they were at this point last year um, or the year before. I, at least along the spectrum of, you know, going toward the next phase, the, the future. Um, it's not maybe as much as some would like it to be. But I think that compared with the way they were, they, by the way, how is Bud Black doing? I, I honestly don't know how he's going to make it through this week. San Diego State's going to be playing <laughs> he's, for he's a chance at the national yeah. championship game yeah. on Saturday night. And um, open and he's going to be in Thursday. San Diego while that's going on. Huh? He, it was funny. Watching the games yeah. from San Diego. Uh, yeah, I guess. He, uh, no, he'll be in. Um, yeah, he will be in San Diego still. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's, yeah, he's going to be. It's gonna be kind of crazy, so you're gonna to have to keep an eye on for us. Uh, uh, are you? Are you? Are you gonna be at opening day? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, no, not in San Diego. I'll be. At, okay. I'll be at the home opening day. I thought about just make sure you get. Make sure you get him to get him to that point. All right, just, just get him there. It, it was funny because after the game last night against uh, the Guardians, like we were talking about the Shane Bieber, unbelievable game. Uh, we were talking to him. We asked him all question, all baseball questions, and we, we were about ready to walk away. And he goes, "Nothing on San Diego State." And we all went, "Oh, we didn't even see. We were actually so blocked into the baseball game, believe it or not, uh, that we had missed the whole dramatic San Diego State moment." So Fifty-seven, he, he filled us in. Yeah, yeah. Wild! What a game. Good for his Aztecs. 
I know he's legitimately enjoying it. They were talking about Tony Gwynn, uh, yeah. former point guard. Yep. People don't know that for the, Drafted San, by the San Diego, I know that. I sat and watched him, I watched him play point guard in Moby Arena. When we're in college. Incredible. Wow. Greatest contact hitter of all time. Pete Rose, Tony Gwynn, or Ichiro. Right? But that's um, I'm gonna take it, Tony. I'm gonna say Gwen. Take Tony. Gwen. I'm I, don't, a I don't know why Ichiro I'm saying Gwen, but, but I'm I'm saying it's the I'm lack of strikeouts. It's that I, when it's you look between, down it's at between the Gwen, it's between Gwen and 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 uh, Ichiro for me, but I don't know why I'm saying I'm saying Gwen, but I'll say Gwen. All right, so you're Bud Black and you guys and you start your opening day lineup has one rookie in it. Montero's not a rookie anymore. Um, and you throw Herman Marcus out there. Okay, I I I get it. I see it. You know, CJ Crone's healthy again. He'll be able to play first base. Mustakas, I guess, then then slides in the DH role. Charlie Blackman healthy. Do we know? Um, on and off the spring. He's on the field. That's I mean that's about oh, as yeah. much. Chris we can Bryant say looked good in the game at Milwaukee. Obviously, Drew, you got there too late to see him at Dorman, so did I. Bryant, Bryant's fine. I think <laughs> Bryant's Bryant's Danny, he, he got Danny, a big year. I got to meet the wonderful Barbara Creesman outside the stadium in Milwaukee. Drew was there coming in, and, and Mar- Barbara was there, and. Uh, the, the legendary tweeter Barbara Creesman, very nice lady. It was nice to meet her. Um, Best but we baseball both missed fan I run because it happened so fast. We both missed it. It's but I saw him at that double. You saw him at that double. I mean, he looks good. He looks ready. I guess Castro is probably going to be your left fielder unless Profar gets his visa stuff taken care of. Um, I would call this a representative major league team as it's currently constructed. Is that fair? I think I get what you're, I think I see what you're getting yeah. at, and yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, look, this team is not – this team is going to do everything it can not to finish fifth. That's what this team is looking at. But that's great because you need to figure out what you got, man. We've been talking about it all offseason. you got to figure out what these guys have for you. This is the first time we're going to get to see Ezekiel Tovar on an everyday basis starting out. And it's a big deal because opening he's, he's the opening day starter. Um, this is going to be – you know, Tolia is going to come up at some point – probably early in the season, I would imagine, unless he just really struggles, you know, at AAA. Um, Zach Veen's not far away, that far away. Um, and so, you know, you've got you got some guys that you're going to start to get a look at, and it's really a success this year, I think, is if some of your guys pan out and you got to see it happen. So, Yeah, no, I, and honestly, you know, I, I get what you're saying about Montero, but I do think he's going to be a very, very exciting player for the Rockies this year. I think that's a guy who could hit 25 plus. This swing and miss has got got better in spring training, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, he the, hit the some, uh, he hit some bombs. He did, but yeah, he also he, didn't swing and miss as much. Right. Yeah. The the strikeouts are down. The at bats again, like the numbers against breaking balls are incredible. It's really he's improved on that. Uh, yeah, monster home runs. He's been among the best hitters actually in spring training. Now we know yeah. spring training is what it is, but I, I like Montero's ability to potentially be a new exciting player for the team. We've talked a lot about Tovar. I still think players like, uh, you know, Ryan McMahon is somebody who, you know, he's been around for several years now, but I still think there's improvement to be had there in his game. Oh, definitely. I, I, I think the Rockies are still waiting for hitter. McMahon to have a big season, like a, like a yeah. 30 30- like a 30, 35 homer season where Prime. his OPS plus is like 110. You know, I yeah. think that's what they're looking for. And he, he made some adjustments to his swing that I, I remember we were, um, I was, I was with them for their series in, in Las Vegas and I was watching BP and I'm like, I called it, I called out to him when he was done. And I was like, is this like something where that whole phenomenon where you, 
you see a cool looking new car and then all you see on the road is that car like everywhere yeah. <laughs> like is this that is that what i'm seeing in your swing now because you told me what you did with it because basically he shortened up you know he's going straight yeah. to the ball bam bam mule and said something to someone else that i think brennan rogers that brennan passed along to him saying um let the pitcher supply some of the power you know and also you know be, be shorter to the ball um and we've talked about rafael Palmero a lot as far as his smooth and kind of easy swing yeah. and short to the baseball. And I started seeing it. He's like, I think it's, and he's like, I think it's noticeable. So, I mean, as far as noticeable, the, the, um, the at-bats were noticeable. I think he was better. He looked pretty, pretty uh, locked in during spring training. So we'll see how long that lasts as well. But he's, he's one of those guys, like every year that ticks by, it's like, I mean, it's show me time, you know, Could for it all come Drew, together. Drew, can yeah. Ryan McMahon win a gold glove at second base? Yeah, sure. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, he's, he really is that good. He mm-hmm. really is that good defensively. He's that good of an athlete. He's that good mentally, which, which is what allows him to be able to go back and forth between second and third, to be able to do things like turn plays at second base that it would take other guys a lot longer to, to make it feel natural. I do worry about, you know, when, when he's doing all those things, how much can you then focus in at the plate and all of that? Like they're, they're always asking quite a bit of Ryan McMahon, but yeah, no, I mean, I've always thought the world of this guy, it's, it's a little bit tough. I met him for the first time when he was 18 years old, right out of high school. And you could see he was a special kid immediately. Right. And, and you've seen the work mm-hmm. ethic and, and, and the cerebral approach to the game that's allowed him to become a gold glove caliber defender at two different positions and basically a league average hitter now still looking for that, that next step but uh, i believe in him and and manny mentioned a guy and i want to give a cheap plug to something i'm writing right now but bam bam hensley bam bam mulins i think has been a a major pickup for this team i talked to chris bryant ryan mcmahon and mike moustakis about uh, the impact of bam bam and his experience and i i think this is a team look i agree with both of your assessments of their overall (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> outcomes here because I don't think the pitching is going to stack up right. and and you have to pitch. I think the hitting, I think the, this group of position players is actually legitimate. And, and I think they're going to score some runs. I think they're going to be more fun to watch than people realize. And I think they are going to start getting the best out of players like Ryan McMahon. It's a real bummer. We're missing out on Brendan Rogers under the, the bam, bam situation. But when we do eventually see Veen, uh, Drew Romo maybe is a this year guy. Brent Doyle, I think, is a guy we're going to see this year, and and they're going to get the best out of them under him. I'd be so. I'd be interested in seeing what CJ Crone has because yeah. after that, ever since that hand injury, he just hasn't been the same. And 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 you know he's been out. He was out. He's been in and out of the lineup in spring with the back yeah. stuff. Um, everybody has the back thing is going around. I don't know. Everybody's having the back thing, but that's that's yeah. part of spring training. I think is, Mark definitely. probably knows. Oh yeah, anybody it's like part of spring training. Teammates and himself, you know, just over all those springs where it's like yep. you just back stuff's going to happen. But um, CJ is a question mark. I think if CJ can get back to what he was, um, that can make this lineup kind of interesting. Kind of interesting yeah, because you then you've got You're thinking formidable, other- weren't you? Mustakis can, <laughs> can play at first base and spell him sometimes. He could be a DH, and Charlie's going to be – there's going to be a lot of di- – I mean, they're going to have like four different guys in the DH spot uh, over this season. But I think, you know, yeah, the, the lineup – you know, we all Marquez, know this is- Mark, Marquez and Freeland are really going to have to 
That's yeah, the catch, problem. Get back what they had at yep. one point. Yep. Because if they can do that, then, you know, the Rockies could hang around, you know, yeah. you know, with the, with the, with the third or fourth place, fourth place team for a while, because Mark is number one, he looks like a different guy in the spring than he and was, than he was all of last year, yeah. pretty much. And the season the half a season before, ever since the all-star game here, that, yeah. yeah, it's been downhill for, yep. for Marcus, but he, he said he's been focusing on, you know, behind the ball rather than, yep. you know, slipping like this. And, um, uh, for all those who can't see us, I'm, I have a baseball in my hand and I'm, I am trying to be behind the baseball, whatever that means. He tried to explain <laughs> it to us and yeah. I couldn't understand it. And we asked Bud Black and he said, he's just not tilting. It's like arm angle, but with your wrist, right? It's like release point, but all in the wrist rather than in your elbow. Very true. Um, and so he said, uh, that's been a, a big change for him and it, it's showing. I mean, I think he gave up one run in three hours or something like that. That's right. Look very good and against so Milwaukee. Spring training is, you take it with a grain of salt. Well, you do, but always, you also but, look for tendencies and But you look for things. And yep. he's looking you good. Look for yeah. Things. So they we don't need strikeouts to, to two walks. Twenty strikeouts to two walks. This we all know that we, this we, team we, goes, we guys know we all know this team has historically only gone as far as their defense has taken them. Um, do we worry about Montero's defense? Crone and Mustakas on the other end. I mean, obviously Tovar is a great defender. We're not worried about McMahon, but on the corners are the other. Yeah, up the middle we're okay. Uh, we're, yeah. we're, when we're talking about when we're talking about those two guys, we're okay. But when you're talking about Mustakas um, and Crone, uh, I don't know and what Montero. to expect from Mustakas because um, he just hasn't played enough in the last couple of years, and he's been out of shape because of the foot injuries and the and the lower body injuries. And now he's he's svelte compared to that now. And you you see him now, Drew. He is, up close. I, I, he I is, heard he, some Reds fans yesterday literally go, "Wow, he's lost a lot of yeah, yeah." Like, and and yeah. he was just saying it's because look when you have foot injuries and lower leg injuries, it's like, you just can't work yeah. out. Yep. So simple right. as that. And now he looks a lot better. So he's going to be more agile. I don't know how much of that's going to translate defensively uh, for them, but I, yeah, I think Montero is going to get most of the playing time over there at third. And, you know, I think he, he's a work in progress. He's a good athlete. He's got a good arm. He's got bad feet. He's got good hands. He's got bad feet. And you, you, maybe not bad feet, but not great feet for Major right. League Baseball third baseman. And the other problem is that Rockies fans, media, and probably coaches and GMs have been spoiled if there's yeah. any position right. that they've been spoiled at. From Ryan McMahon to Nolan Arenado, even go back to guys like Ian Stewart. One of the worst, Vinny Castillo, Garrett Atkins wasn't the best. There's probably the worst name I've mentioned so far, and he was as sure-handed as they come. Mm -hmm. He didn't make errors ever. Yeah. And so, you know, Montero's walking out to a position where the Rockies just expect plays to be made. And yeah. he, yeah, he made an ugly one last night, and it's going to happen. You know, I and he's going to go as far as bat takes him, right? I mean, the bottom line is they want his bat in the lineup. And um, if Charlie can, if Charlie's legs look good, maybe they DH Montero more. I don't know. It depends on how it goes defensively. But, you know, his if, he, if he's hitting like he's hitting this spring, they're going to they're gonna find a way. To keep him in the he lineup, need, he needs. Let's, play let's talk about the outfield a bit. Let's just talk about. Um, obviously, Chris Bryant looks like he's the right fielder now. Maybe Charlie plays in there. Plays there sometimes, and we're expecting Castro and Profar to be the. <laughs> Please don't play Charlie. Play, I know. Um, center field looks like it's Jonathan Daza. I, he's been in every game I went to. He was a center fielder. Um, same old, same old kind of situation. What are we looking at there, Drew? Yeah, you know, it's funny going back to before the season ended last year. I remember talking to Bill Schmidt about it. 
around other media, just other people in private. They've made it clear that they wanted to improve center field and they wanted to get more power in the outfield. Uh, you know, they were maybe in on the Nimmo thing until he was like eight years, and then they were yeah. very much out on the Nimmo thing. Yeah. As they uh, should have been. That's yeah. Yeah. Right. Eight, eight, um, eight and what he's going to get for eight. I yeah, mean, that's right. Great. Remember the week and a half we got all kind of interestingly excited about Cody Bellinger, and then it's like, that's eh, a bit much. And so I got all of that, and you're right, Mark, and now it's like, well, it's going to be Jonathan Daza, same, yeah. same guy they had before. They're and biding then, the time, right? But I, yeah, I, but Veen's not think, a center fielder, so who are they biting well, their time for? What was interesting is they did play Veen in center field some this spring, even though he's he hasn't played there yet as a pro, and, and I think they've shown a willingness to do that. But Brenton Doyle, who was the guy I mentioned earlier, was a guy who got a lot more playing time in center field, actually showed pretty well of himself. But he talked about him this morning at, at the, the morning talk around, and he, he was very high on basically all the parts of the game except for, of course, you know, is he going to be able to hit enough to be in the bigs? It's always the big question, right? But defensively, based on all this with the arm, everything else plays. He can play a major league center field. Um, you just and, hope he's. Not, I, you just hope he's not. You just hope he's not Sam Hilliard, right? That's, yeah, that's the, right. Yeah, right. Uh, comparison, right? It, exactly right. At least you know with Daza, and I know that they wanted to get more power, and I know we all wanted something more exciting there, but when you look at Jonathan Daza, he's not a bad baseball player. Yeah. It's kind of funny to me. It's like, he's a 300 hitter. I know, Manny, that's not a thing anymore. Don't, <laughs> but it, like, he's a good contact hitter. When he's healthy, he's a good defender, a good base runner, a good contact hitter. He's going to hit at maximum two home runs, you know, if you're lucky. And I get that that's not the type of ball player that we value anymore. But like Manny said, I think in the meantime, whether it's Doyle or, or Veen in center field or, or if you're playing the long game until it's eventually, um, you know, Benny Montgomery is quite a ways off. But if you're, you're going to pick up somebody, if you're surprisingly good and that's what you're making a trade for, then OK. But I, I think in the meantime, you could do worse than. Jonathan does. What, what I think it depends up, on what, what the meantime is, though, right? It yeah. depends on how yeah. long we're talking. I mean, if yeah, the if, if, if it comes to the point years. where we're 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 two years down the line, and suddenly yeah. they're a little bit ahead of schedule, like Chris Bryan likes to talk about with the 2015 Cubs. Again, the, we're talking apples and oranges between that where that organization was in 2015 and where the Rockies are at this point. But if the Rockies uh, have um, a, a situation where they're ahead of schedule, ahead of schedule quotes. Mm. Um, and they're better than they thought they would be at a certain place within a couple of years, then maybe you couldn't go out and, and sign somebody or trade for somebody at that point because you're competitive. But until then, um, you know, like you said, whether it's it's Bean or if it gets to that point down the line to Montgomery whenever he's going to be ready, then that's going to be what it is. Because, you know, in, in hindsight, I, I don't think I don't think it's a problem that the Rockies did hardly anything this offseason because – like really, what are you? It kind of goes back to Mark's point about Profar and about Mustakas. I think those were emergency ads. You know, they're kind of yeah. emergency additions toward the end of spring because they're like, we got to field something "quote unquote" respectable uh, for whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to say that is for a major league baseball team. So, Manny, you remember that's, that I think, uh, more... line when Billy Bean says in uh, in Moneyball, he says, "Right now, if the ball rolls to first base, no one's going to be there. No one's going to be there. Exactly. That's a great. Way to, that's a great. That's a great example because that's exactly what I think these guys are here for. And if they had, you know, made moves to like bring in Nimmo or even, I mean, Bellinger was interesting because you know, short term to take a chance on. But then again, yeah. I mean, looking at it now, it's like 
it's better that he's better elsewhere and it's better better for uh for for him and for the Rockies I think that he's elsewhere so uh, because the Rockies need to find out what they've got a year from now if yeah. we're sitting here talking about the Rockies and we haven't learned anything about them they're in big trouble what about does Profar figure into the center field mix? I know he plays all over the place. They've looked at him in left field, but he could. He could play there. No, I, you know, it's I. That's exactly. I, I asked, but <laughs> I'm I'm not 100 sure how on record this conversation was, but but I did ask Buddy about it yesterday, and up the middle seems to be something. Uh, uh let's say if it's if it's in his toolkit, it's way down there in the okay. toolkit anymore. Okay. It sounds like they they prefer him in the corners. Okay. At this point, yeah. But again, I think the the like with Mustakis, if they can flip those guys at the deadline, those are smart, good acquisitions that gave you a half a season of whether it's Tolia or Nolan Jones or whoever else in AAA. You hope they've got some confidence by then, so you can bring them up in there a successful. Situation. That's the, that's the ideal uh, situation. Yeah. The Rockies right. are not winning anything, so basically, come trade deadline, Mustakis is you know hitting. You know, 280, 340, 460. And yeah. and it's like, wow, this guy could be useful to a, a, a to contender. You flip him, Profar, if he has anything like he had uh, his season last year, he's never panned out to the guy who's going to, you know, supposed supposed to be. You know, he's supposed to be, he's one of the top international prospects. Um, was he international? No, he was, he's from the Netherlands. He's from the Netherlands, right? Yeah. yeah. So he's one of the top prospects at the time. In, in baseball when he came up and he just didn't pan out injuries, things happen, but he had a good year last year overall. And if you can have another one of those, then you can flip him. And like Drew said, then at that point, you've got, you're that much farther down the line with these, these kids who are, who are, you know, knocking on the door. They seem very, very locked in at catcher, same cast of characters at catcher again, Diaz and Servin. Um, maybe, I, I don't know that that's good enough. I really don't. Obviously that's been a black hole for this organization since 30 years ago. Maybe I think the question is, is Romo young, the guy? Romo, right? yeah, but Romo's still two years away. Do they? No, I mean, is he that guy, though, when he gets up here? Everybody That's seems to question. think so. Everybody you and I you talk know, to, Manny Callis and everybody else things seem to think he is. I mean, I, uh, the way they talked about him and the way he looked this spring training, I, I, Mark, coming into the spring, I would have said two years away for sure. What, exactly what you just said. Now I'm thinking this guy's a September call didn't up this get year. To, he didn't get to catch much last year, did he? I mean, some, and but the the catching, my understanding in the report when I've talked to people, his first professional year and, and even coming into the organization, catching is not has never been the concern, that the kid behind the plate can can do it. And I understand it's a very complicated position. There's a lot that he's going to have to Toughest deal with. position in all of sports. I 100% agree. I could not agree more. Uh, but I think the question for him is always going to be, Ben, can he hit? Is he going to hit at all? And when he shows up and in the pros, he's been hitting so far. He's been, you know, uh, not a ton of power his second year, but the contact rate is great. Then he comes and gets this opportunity because some catchers went off to, uh, you know, WBC. Gets his opportunity against big league pitching when he hadn't even played at double A yet. And he goes out there and he hits over 400. Like, I mean, uh, you got to love the confidence and and the, the swag. And so, yeah, I think if he has a good year in the minors this year, the Rockies have shown. I mean, I mean, I've talked to some people around here that they seem very, very high on Drew Romo. Well, so I think the odds are in their favor. For, you know, thirty years they've never <laughs> Dude, drafted a good. What, what is the old saying that's never actually? Once. What is the old saying in this game that's never actually true? He's due. He's due, yeah. right? The Rockies are due to <laughs> the have Rockies a are due. decent catcher. Due for a catcher. You know? 
All right, let's I talk like about his quote too. Well, he had some quote about how we know we're the future and we're going to change it. Like I like it when when the young guys say, "Hey, we're going to change this organization." When he's already Confidence. got that kind of a little problem. Texas Confidence swagger in him. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the pitching staff. Uh, we've talked about the bullpen a lot on this program, Manny. Um, they just keep adding veterans. Ty Block, who I'd I'd call a veteran now, had a good spring. In it, had a great spring. But I, I talked to Bud about him after the Angels game, and Bud was very high on Ty. In fact, he told me, I said, another Colorado kid. He says, bring him on. Give me more Colorado kids. Give me more guys that aren't fearful of the altitude. Bring him on. Yeah. And Ty obviously had a great spring. Um, more veterans. The only youngster in that bullpen, Drew, you mentioned youngsters. The only one starting would be Justin Lawrence, right? He's the only young yeah. guy. The rest of them have a lot of t- wear and tear on their tires, um, which is not necessarily a bad thing for a bullpen. They'll, they can weather the storm. Starting rotation, obviously, after you mentioned it before, Freeland and Marcus, and then who knows? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Bomber, right. Urania. Who knows? I mean, Senzatella, when he gets back in May, they're yeah. targeting May. Yeah. So when he gets back, what's he going to be? Because, again, the thing about the Rockies that I think is both encouraging for Rockies fans and maddening at the same time for the starting rotation is they know what they, what's in there. They know what they've had. They know what they've done. You Between Marquez and Peak Freeland, Peak Marquez and Peak Freeland, that's two of the better starting pitchers in the league. And and yeah. but they just haven't been able to be consistent. They haven't been able to put it together. If they can do that, and same goes for Sensella. He's not at their level, but he's good. He's a good he's a good starting pitcher. He's a yeah. he's a he's a great number three if if he's on. And so the question is, what will he be? I mean, I, I think I wrote something for us like that uh, like what all what are the things that the Rockies would need to actually beat the odds they're in Vegas. Beat the odds. Yeah. Everybody's asking asking uh, Chris Bryant questions about being home and everything. I'm like, what would it take? Because it was a day after sure. um, Fairley Dickinson won that yeah. crazy game, and I'm like, all right, well, let's take. let's talk about it. What would it take for this team to actually like shock the world and get a third wild card spot? It's a lot that needs to happen. But one of those things is the pitching staff has to be the just on point from top to bottom, especially the the top three guys. Um, yeah. You know, you can work if you're if you're relatively healthy. I mean, and you have your top three guys pitching pretty well. You know, you can tread water for a while, and so yeah. Listen, listen. All you need happen. from four and five, actually three, four and five, is a five hundred record, right? If they, yeah. they, if they, if yeah. they win as much as they lose, and your top two guys can win, you can go five, six games over five hundred each. You're ninety two win team. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'll give you the guy that in the long term, right now, the most important guy on this team for which way this organization goes in the next couple of years is Armand Marquez. But if you're asking about this season, how would they surprise people? I'll give you the linchpin player for exactly what you're talking about for this exact thing. It's Austin Gomber. If Austin yeah, Gomber can fair. figure out a way to be an ERA plus of 110 to 115 guy, pick up 170 innings, and just be solid good, uh, to Mark's point, if we want to talk about wins and losses, which I know Manny loves, be a 500 or plus 500. You'll be shocked to know we still haven't done a kill the win podcast on here. We're not really? going to. I don't want to embarrass you. <laughs> not, I don't want not you to get embarrassed. But I, I, I think if, because because you're right, it's, and then once Senzatella comes back, then you've got four guys who can compete. And then you can be an all right baseball team. Now, I, I think they're going to have a tough time getting there and, and treading water until Sensatella returns. And I think that's counting on a lot for a guy coming off a pretty serious injury. But for me, if Gomber comes out and has a really good year in addition to Marquez and Freeland, I do think, to Mark's point a minute ago, the bullpen is going to be surprisingly good. I think yeah. people are going to be shocked at how good. 
Uh, you, you didn't mention it another has the makings, guy. right? And Kinley's going to be back Johnson. midway through too. Don't forget about Pierce Johnson. Oh, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. But they're going to the have three lefties, maybe. And Fernando Abad has had a phenomenal spring training. They're probably going to have to stash him in AAA if they're going to carry uh, Ty Block. So they've got four lefty relievers who look really good right now. And in the last five years, they haven't had one. <laughs> it's just like the bullpen's funny. But I, I actually think the bullpen has a chance to be very good. It's the rotation I'm concerned about. Well, so for people about- looking for pie in the sky – Go with Austin Goddard. Also, for people looking for pie in the sky, don't look too long. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) I I didn't get a chance. Maybe you guys got a chance to see Urania and or Feltner pitch this spring. Can we expect water treading ability out of those two? Feltner was not inspiring. Um, You know, I think it was, you know, his, (laughs) it was always his fifth slot to lose, fifth spot to lose. Um, and, And he just didn't really distinguish himself or set himself apart, but he's still going to get his chance. And so um, we'll see about that. But I don't, I, I didn't see anything. Rania, I didn't, I didn't see much of your Rania. What do you guys think? I neither were good this spring, honestly. And and that's why I didn't shift my, you know, preseason predictions on this team to, to, to feel better about their ability to beat the odds as it were. I was going to feel like some of these lower end of the rotation guys need to show up and show me something. And they showed up. They didn't show me much. I've always wanted to change my tune on Ryan Feltner. I've just never been a believer. The stuff is there. I don't know what it is, Mark. You can yeah, break it down the better. The stuff is there, that. no question. He's got a filthy fastball slider yeah. combination. I think he's a future reliever. Um, I don't know what it is about when he gets out there, if there's a sequencing thing, if he's just over the middle of the plate too much, but he gets hit hard when he gets hit. Well, it's not sequencing anymore because they're calling those for him. He doesn't have to worry about sequencing anymore. They're, that's being dictated to him. Sure. It's command. It's and can he put the ball where he wants to put the ball? Yeah. Same problem I have with Peter Lambert. Peter Lambert's yeah. supposed to be a control guy. Comes out throwing ninety five, and all of a sudden he can't throw anything but over the middle of the plate. Doesn't, doesn't work. Doesn't work. So yeah, I think if Feltner's going to be uh, effective, he's going to have to locate that nasty stuff. It's not just about throwing nasty stuff. All right, guys, we got to roll here real quick. So I'm going to ask. It's time for, for season predictions. Um, Manny, you go first. Oh, What's boy. the season record? Oh man, I did a closer on this one time. I'm trying to think what I put for that. Isn't it hard when you like made a prediction at some point? You're like not trying. You're trying not to change it. You're trying to stick <laughs> yeah, with it, but you can't like, remember you what it was. <laughs> um, I think I think I'm gonna say. I think I'm gonna say um, seventy-two and ninety. That's that was where I was at. That's where I was at. I saw some on CBS Sports had them sixty-one and one hundred one. Yeah, I don't know. So I mean, I, they uh, could. I mean, the way things have the injury bug and everything, it could happen. But I don't know. I just can't have lost hundred games. There. What do you think, Drew? Yeah, I would. I'm, I mean, I, I don't want to just take Manny's answer. I was right in that area as well. I was leaning 71, 72. because I, I I agree. I don't think they're that bad unless they have another couple of injuries hit them. Uh, I, I also think a lot of that is they got a lot of guys coming off their career worst years, and Manny will. Yeah. You, you know, there's a. There, there's a certain law of coming back to the averages. Like, Ramon right. Marquez isn't going to be that bad again. Sure. Uh, we got to run, Drew. We appreciate it. You read him on milehighsports.com all the time. He, and then Barbara's the best tweeter there is. Thanks, yeah. Drew. Thanks, Drew. Appreciate it, man. There Always. Manny, Manny, got a closer. Yep. A new one. Coming in. All right. Manny brings it, brings it here right after this. Stay with us. Park Adjusted Rockies podcast. Back after this. 
The place to catch all the big game action is at Stoney's Bar and Grill, now with four great locations, including Winter Park and the original at 11th and Lincoln. Great food, great service, and unrivaled game day atmosphere. There's no better place to watch your favorite teams in action. To find out more, check out stoneysbarandgrill.com. It's finally here. Opening day. Opening day is special no matter what team you root for. If you're a baseball fan, there's nothing like seeing the bunting. Now don't you dare get me wrong here. I'm talking about the good kind of bunting. The red, white, and blue decorative flare draped on the decks of the ballpark. Vivid green grass on pristine playing surface splashed with the warm sunshine. Okay, maybe not sunshine here in Colorado, but one can dream. Anyway, opening day has been pretty good to the Rockies. Not always, but certainly on some big occasions. Who can forget the first home opener in franchise history when Eric Young launched a home run in the first home plate appearance by a Colorado Rocky? Or Dante Bichette's walk-off blast to Chris and Coors Field on that frigid April night in 1995. What will Thursday's season opener bring against the Padres in San Diego? What about the Rockies' home opener a week later against the Nationals? It remains to be seen. But that's the great part, isn't it? What remains to be seen across baseball is finally upon us to witness. I don't know if it's just me, but the winter felt really, really long here this year, even for Colorado. It'll be nice to get back to the ballpark. As for this year's edition of the Rockies... Don't expect anything spectacular. Any finish above last in the National League West will be mildly surprising for this group. But there's one significant difference for the Rockies as they enter the 2023 campaign. This year, they are more future-oriented than they've been in a very long time. Following a brief window of contention from 2017 to 18, followed by a catastrophic collapse since then, this is a club in desperate need of an identity, as we've mentioned on podcasts past. This season, whatever the win-loss record ends up being is really irrelevant. This season, the success of the Rockies will need to be measured on an entirely different barometer. Success in 2023 for Colorado would be the emergence of some true young talent that the Rockies can pencil in as a core to build around for the next phase in the franchise's history. After the Blake Street Bombers, Generation R, the team that improbably reached the World Series in 2007, and whatever the blackman lemayhew Arenado story era is called, what's next? That's what makes the 2023 Rockies interesting. Manny's first save of the new season, putting a lid on this W for the park-adjusted Rockies podcast. Our thanks to Drew Creaseman of Mile High Sports for his contribution this week. And as always, thanks to you for listening. We'll catch you later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.